there was an incident and then more and more incidents and then it makes a why and the why gets wider and wider and next thing you know you wake up and you haven't even thought of your sibling in a year yeah you haven't even it isn't like oh i wish uh, he would come around or whatever it was like oh i haven't even thought about him and here it is christmas again and i wonder what he's doing It's easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. I'm here with my really good friend, Corby Hayborn. Thanks for being here. Lisa, I'm appreciative that you're here. I just like talking to you. And I thought this is just a really great opportunity to ask you the questions that I I have always wanted to, but every time we get together, it's either like performing or we're with other people, and mm-hmm. which is great, but talk about tangents. You just go yeah. off on tangents when you get a bunch of actors together, I don't know. you think? You yeah. know, which is, again, really, really fun, but like this is the opportunity to pull back the yeah. curtain and like really get to know you. And you too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've known you for decades. Yeah. But I don't know you. I know what you mean. And I think everybody sort of has those kinds of relationships where you're like, oh, yeah, that's my really good friend. And yeah. and we've had some really great experiences. And again, in performing, and but also like with our friends and our families, and which, you know, takes your relationship, I think, to a different level. Like, I love your kids. Like, right. I've and just I don't gotten think to know them lately. It, it like, wasn't until, lately. you know, yeah. we got together over Christmas and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, because my kids have seen you from afar and it's like, oh, are you going to do a thing with Lisa? Oh, my goodness. And and then uh, that you came to our house, my kids were like, oh, my goodness, she's coming no. in. Oh, I'm serious. <laughs> they were so great and they're so oh. musical. Your family, you and your wife and your kids seem to be really, really close. Yes. And is that real? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a show we put on. Kids, hey, let's put out that cigarette and come over here. Pretend like you like me. Yeah, you're right. That's a dumb question because you can't but fake no, it. it. it you true. can't fake it. But we fight, we argue. Yeah, but, but really, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, one, I hate that phrase, and I've instilled oh, that in yeah. my kids mm-hmm. that hatred for the phrase. At the end of the day, at the end but of I the use day, the, I use it all the time. At the end of the day, we do enjoy being together. And I think it stems from we just didn't give our kids any other choice. I love that. That you love your sister. What kind thing are you going to do? And I attribute this all to my wife, Tricia, that I didn't grow up giving my siblings gifts that my parents bought. Oh, but uh-huh. every birthday, and maybe you did this, maybe that's why you're so amazing and you love your siblings. But uh, we would... Every birthday, the kids come to Trish and say, oh, I want to get Max this present. Is that a cool thing? So she's making them think, what's something Mm -hmm. thoughtful for your sibling? That's from the very beginning. It isn't that, oh, it's Max's birthday, so everybody gets a present. Mm -hmm. It's let's celebrate him. So his two younger sisters, they would go shopping with Trish and find something meaningful for him. Oh, I love that. And vice versa. And then it's the same thing that... It's funny, as you don't think about this when you're a kid growing up and thinking about presents and stuff, and that as the person who's making the money, that you're actually buying your own presents and stuff, you know? Right. (laughs) But, (laughs) like, I remember one year, um, my daughter, she was five or six, and she got me, I don't know why, 
this golden retriever little statuette that she found at All a Dollar. Oh. <laughs> and I, my first thought, because I, you just you you don't get a manual when you're a parent. My right. first thought was, man, I spent a dollar on this. And then it was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, let me f- see the reason why she gave me this. But it, I think it goes back to that. My wife has made it so that we're always thinking of the others in a loving and kind way. When you're serving somebody, you fall in love with them. Yeah, that is, that's true. And yeah. so I think that makes it so that we like to be around each other. I I really I love that. That reminds me of uh, Christmas when my old my older brother Chris set the tone for that, like for my siblings and things like that. I one Christmas, just without me really knowing, he got me like this designer sweatshirt. How old were like, you? And I was twelve. And he oh, got gosh. me this. So, so he had gone to the mall, spent his own money from his paper out because he at that time would have been like 15. How adorable is that? No, exactly. Did your parents have anything to do no. with it? He did it on his he own. He did it. And I knew that. And he was, and I was, I opened it up and it was actually something that I thought was cool and that I would wear. And I was so surprised by it because I never would have spent my own paper out money on yeah. my siblings at that age. And, and maybe you wouldn't have even spent it on yourself on right. a designer no, sweatshirt. For sure. And it was so, so sweet. 80s and 90s designer no. sweatshirt. <laughs> you know, it was like friends. If it doesn't say friends, it's not the real thing. You know, like a spree. Do you remember that? Like, yes. so yeah. it was like one of those. And I remember he was just so like, no big deal, nonchalant about it. And this is the he's just such a sweetheart like that. But because I think he was the oldest, he set the tone like that. Like, no, we're we're like we're all going to be best friends. And it was, you know, it, it it took, I think, a few years or whatever, but we were like that. And and I want that for my kids as well. And I think most parents do. Yes, I feel like we do. I love my parents, um, but they were not like that at all. Were your parents like that? Did your parents bring each other together? No, like it, it was just different, right? Like my... So what was it about Chris then? What was in him that made him say... You know what? I want to have a good relationship he's with my siblings. He's just pure. He's I just. He's just. Do you know so what good. I mean? Like, there's these. He was the one that was like, "Oh, don't listen to that music. Listen to this music. Hey, mm. let's hang out." You know. And now, you know, this is decades and decades later. I mean, my brother Chris is like one of my best friends. He'll just text me, "What doing?" You know. Oh. And and it's like it just starts a silly like, I where I either tell him really exactly what I'm doing or. I make something up mm-hmm. to try to make him laugh or whatever. Yeah. And e- either way, it's fine. And I know he's like checking up on me. And and it's it's cute to see him be that kind of uncle or whatever. Like he knew that one of my kids was really into computers and was learning, was building his own computer. So we bought him a Raspberry Pi, which is a, you know, a computer um, processing system. You and, say, you know. You know. I, I thought it was a food. <laughs> yeah. It's a Raspberry Pi. It, basically, it's a computer that it's simple, but it has uh, that you can put together. And he was like, I just know that if I were that age, I oh, would have gosh. loved it. And he's just that kind of guy where he doesn't overthink it. If he has an impulse of like, oh my gosh, so-and-so would love this, he just does it. He doesn't think, he doesn't is it too it. much? Right. Or, well, or I don't know, maybe that's dumb. He just does it. And it's the the coolest thing. Do you, is it easy for you to talk to your other siblings or did Chris facilitate this because he showed love to you at an earlier age? Because I have yeah. some conversations with some of my siblings are so forced. Oh, yeah. And it's you, very you don't surface. Connect with and everyone. here we are all in our 40s, you know, and 
I can't just say what doing because that would be <laughs> oh maybe like, misinterpreted, misinterpreted or something. Yeah. or yeah why oh he's just he's going to tell me oh he's in Detroit filming something or you know right or or maybe I would overthink it like that. Do you have that same ability to converse with your other siblings? You know what I do. And I, really I know that I sounds see. awful. Like, I, like, oh, we do. But like, that is one of like the biggest blessings of my see, life. I, I, I have that. different relationships, though, with my siblings. Stronger, right? Stronger. Yeah. Or you just, like some better than others. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just closer yeah. to others. Like we've just had shared experiences. Like yeah. we've lived closer or we have similar, our lives look similar, more in common, whatever it is. But I could at any time text any one of my siblings like SOS and I have oh. like I need like help right now yeah. and the, and they would do it and and there there's something that. about that and I and that it, is something that I my parents SOS, did that an SOS is different though yeah that's true I'm talking about just a regular conversation I, that's I what I yeah. wanted so bad and I'm a middle child where do you fall your second oldest or? yeah I'm second oldest but I'm the oldest female yeah so, so it's like technically I'm, the mother the matron yeah, of the siblings yeah kind of the bossy one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everyone else Everybody, say. oh, guys, Lisa, she <laughs> says it. Um, I wanted that so bad. So we're five, and I did kind of have a good relationship with my younger brother, but as things go on and people take different paths, I, I don't know. It's so hard. So I think we wanted that for our kids. We wanted to facilitate that and make sure that they had, but what both Trish and I never really had, and here I am speaking for her, but... It is kind of the same that she does have one sibling that she can text what doing. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's going to be the litmus <laughs> test now. From, it is. Like you just in the middle of the day. Conversations, what doing. But I think we wanted them to be able to to have that. Don't but you think then, it's frustrating though? Because you can't force it. Can. And, and you can create a home, I think, as a parent where you're like, you guys need to be best friends. I mean, my sister, Gina, who's two years younger than me, we fought all growing up. We're, we were very competitive. And we, like, like physically fought, too. Because like, <laughs> she, she and I were always, like, the same size. And I was always like, I need to be taller than you because I'm older. And she just was, like, having none of it. How old did the fighting continue? Physical fights, I want to know. All through high school. <laughs> like you're like punching, pinching. Like yeah. what do you mean physical? And like fights? scratching and hitting and sitting on each other. Are you screaming while you're doing this? Yeah, we're or? like laughing and like throwing insults. Like it was bad, and I remember it <laughs> killed my mom. My mom was always like, "Just love each other." Yeah, and like she's best friends with her sister who is two years apart. She's just like, "I want you guys to be best friends." And I remember this is the family joke. I said, "Well, what if I want to be best friends with Amanda, who was a baby at the time?" <laughs> Like the others, like I got another sister. Don't and now fast forward, and um, I mean Gina and I are best friends. Isn't that crazy that as as a teen, if you look back, if your kids talked to you the way you talked, what? It, when does that happen in your mind? I have that, no like, idea. I do not tolerate that. Oh yeah, I can't believe my parents put up with it. Yeah, they would get so mad, and I'd be like, "What do you care?" Yeah, and now I'm like, "Why would?" Why? Of course they care. Well, so I'm do you such feel that you had a good model then? Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. I always have to do this qualifier. I no, love, I love my it. parents, but I did not get this. I, I did not get that modeled behavior that um, I think some people get. And I think that, that could a be difference. a reason why the five of us as siblings, we struggle to be close. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't see that closeness. They, they didn't 
try to foster that. It didn't feel like. Mm. And again, maybe I'm looking back as a 12-year-old and sure. my parents hated me and I didn't no. <laughs> get anything, you know. <laughs> no, uh, but you're trying to look at it at objectively. And I think that there's value in that because, I mean, look around at our society when we talk about relationships, right? And going to counseling and having strong relationships and connections. I mean, how much do we talk about this? Like all the time, right? But we always focus it on um, our spouse yeah. or, you know, our partner in life and our our children, right? And then we talk about having friends and relationships. We leave out, leave out the siblings. siblings. And one thing that I have noticed in, uh, you know, in raising my kids and losing my husband and losing that situation and seeing how much my um, my siblings all showed up for me in different but like absolutely life-changing ways was like how important that bond is. They're your first friends. They're the people that know you the they longest. They were your first friends, right. Yeah. yeah, you know, they know you the longest. They're family, so they're, it's different than friends. They're connected to you forever. It's such an important bond that I think that we like skip over that can bring, that is, that's worth like investing in, right? Because they know you in a way that no one else will know you. And when I've seen families and it's really sad to me when it's like, well, I, I never want to talk to her again. I never want I to know. see him. Yeah. I, if, if you're having a family party and they're invited, then I'm not coming. Like, to me, I think that's so, so heartbreaking. This isn't somebody that you just worked with, you know, or that you were right. friends with for a couple of years and then you outgrew each other. Like, these are your, this is your family. It's heartbreaking. Um, and that kind of throughout the years has happened with my siblings. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it is sad. I try to now... As you get older, I think you, you step back and realize, how can I be more of a light? How can I make, facilitate good things? And I, 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 and I think being a comedian and an actor, I kind of want to do it in a funny way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and this just happened, uh, our, at our last Easter. Um, somehow Trish and I end up being the Motley crew. We invite all the people to our house oh, for awesome. Thanksgiving or Easter that, don't have a place to go. Um, so we had her mom, uh, my dad, uh, my stepmom, um, my brother, my oldest brother, his wife and uh, their son. And then just for fun, um, I thought I'll invite his in-laws too because they didn't have a place to go. <laughs> and so <laughs> a lot of flavor. So and family. And he's he's not a big fan of his in-laws, you know. Oh, and well, so, that was a nice so we were thinking because <laughs> he's kind of grumpy that he didn't really want to come really anyway. And it's like, well, cool. Let's uh, let's spice this up a little bit. Oh my so gosh! So we asked my sister-in-law, "Hey, do your parents have anywhere to go? Oh, that'd be so nice." But don't let my husband know. No way. <laughs> and then we go, oh, we can't do that. We don't want him to show up. And all of a sudden, the thunderclouds yeah. come up. Um, so we sent out a text to everybody saying, hey, dinner is at this time. And mm-hmm. and he saw that and was he wasn't the happiest. But it still was great. And we tried to facilitate... But there's a part of me that was on the inside, like, remember all those times you were on top of me beating the crap out yeah. of me and you made the dog come over and lick my eyeball? Well, guess what? Your mother-in-law is coming. <laughs> and it was a Checkmate. beautiful— I loved it. It was so great. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm telling no, you that. No, I just think it really— I, I, was, I did not have a good model. <laughs> to... But it's a fun way to sort of— 
like ease the tension of the situation. I think to that's say what it is. I'm still in this, <clears throat> like that's what's so unique again I about like sibling relationship. relationship. It's I've like never thought of that though. Do or die. I love what you said that it's you. You're told, and it is the most important one is your spouse, and then um, and your partner, and then uh, then it is your kids. But you let go of that sibling, mm-hmm. and think of the things you've missed out on by having friends, but not keeping those relationships with your siblings. I was super close to my younger brother growing up. Loved him. I would Elmer Fudd, Bugs Bunny, kiss him on the mouth in front of his friends. Yeah. And, <laughs> True and love. Loved it. Yeah. And he hated it, but also, oh, shucks. You know, like yeah. he loved it. Um, but then we just grew apart over the years. And it's such a sad thing. I remember being a teenager and we would sit up late at night and we would talk about um, – having houses right next door to each other yes. in a tunnel that connects, oh, you know, of as 15, 16 year olds. And a you know? slide from the roof. Yes. I, and a zip uh-huh. line, yep. all of that stuff. Um, but then just life happens and it is sad. I, but I did something wish- happen though? Like, I'm, I mean, and you don't have to reveal anything that you didn't, but I just have witnessed this like in, in my own family's life and in friends' family, like sometimes there's an, an incident that just tips it over oh, and, sure. it, and it becomes, that means everything. And then the more time you spend apart, the the bigger that incident grows to be, where it, it might not have been that big of a deal had it been dealt with in the moment. Right. It, there was. There was an incident um, and it was two paths diverged in a wood. And um, I think because I did not take the same path. Mm-hmm. And that happened, I feel like, with almost all of my siblings. They all have diverged onto a different path. And my, they take my staying on this path as an affront to them. Even though I reach out and I, I, I do try to text what doing um, and I am interested in their lives and stuff, and again, this could be my 12-year-old self saying this, that uh, I'm – you still have that 12-year-old inside that, oh, nobody likes me and my family. No, They're we're so stupid. all like that in but, our 12-year-old. But I do feel like it, it isn't reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to answer the question, yeah, th- mm-hmm. there was an incident. And then, and then more and more incidents and then it makes a why and the why gets wider and wider. And next thing you know, you wake up. And you haven't even thought of your sibling in a year. Yeah. You haven't even – it isn't like, oh, I wish uh, he would come around or whatever. It was like, oh, I haven't even thought about yeah. him. And here it is Christmas again and I wonder what he's doing. And oh, my goodness, now so much time has passed and and I can't – I feel like, oh, I can't reach out because then it looks like I'm trying to bring him back to the path that I'm on. And you're not trying to force or change. And I just yeah. – I, I long for that. And I wanted him to have – these relationships with my kids that I felt like we of had course, to yeah. be this uncle and and important events in our lives. Out of the five of us, three of my siblings have refused to come to those events yeah. because it was they felt like it was an affront to what they the way they were living. That's and so, it wasn't at all. Yeah, and you know? but your intent, you you don't even have a, a, a chance. It seems. I mean, I, there's a similar situation not in my family, but. In, uh, in my husband's family uh, as well. And I think that time, like you said, makes things bigger. It does.
do think that the, for whatever reason, like the parents, and this is a surprising thing for me, like to learn as a parent. Like I remember my mom saying, you know, you never stop being a mom. You never stop. And and I just thought that's so true, but your role changes so dramatically. So I have three kids, you know, who are in college, they're adults now and, and two at home. And so telling them what to do or trying to create family traditions. And, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just different. It, yeah. it changes as it should, right? And and I always, I do think that there's something about those rituals or those family traditions oh. that you have established that can help with that. Like, hey, we so always, important. you know, do this or we always, at least we get together on these days or whatever, no matter what. And one gift that I, I'm really glad that my parents gave us was to say, you know, we are always on each other's side, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really stuck, that we would be, no matter, you know, what sort of life decisions we would make or, you know, haven't you seen like families will break up or or come into divisions over politics or religion oh, yeah. or careers over or the way that they raise their kids? I mean, there's a million things that we could list, right? Like that could be that we're all different at, but but just like being loyal to like and respectful of of everyone's choices, even if we don't agree with them. And that is a hard but so important, I think, to practice. But you have to have face-to-face time, I think, to practice do. that. Do you feel like you can parent your siblings' kids? Like if they're acting no. up a little bit? Do you ever like, no. you, don't, you don't? Well, no. And that <laughs> I've come to learn because <laughs> the hard I've way. I've got a story for you. <laughs> well, you know, um, so my brother, one of my brothers and one of my sisters and I all raised our kids together. Like we all were having kids at the same time and stuff like that. They've got cousins the same age. And so when they would say something, uh, the hair on the back of my neck would like, oh, that may be a (laughs) rule. Your gesture went like this across your chest. I thought you were going to say the hair on my chest, (laughs) on the back of my neck. (laughs) On the back of my neck would just stand up like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, you don't, you don't, you know, because we parent our kids differently. Yeah. Because we're different people and our kids are different too. And so a couple times I'd be like, ah, actually that's fine in our house. Like you don't need to, you don't need to. And kind of stumbling our way through that of like, please don't parent. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and then that, they, my brother and my sister showed respect, props to them to be like, oh yeah, sorry, I overstepped or sorry, we don't allow that in my house or whatever. Just, it's almost like you're fumbling like, oh yeah, how do we have a relationship with our nieces and nephews? And while we're learning how to parent, while we're still having a relationship as brothers and sisters. Right. So it's all tricky, but I just the, honestly think that if you give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Why don't we though? I know, because it, we take everything so personally because there's nothing more personal than like the love we feel for our children. Or our life decisions. And, and you, you tell yourself all the time, just give them the benefit of the doubt. I know. But I, I don't. But you're right, though. It has to go both ways. It does. Too. And I think that's why we, it's something that we don't talk about, like our sibling relationships. Yeah. Why isn't there a manual on parenting and siblings? Because it is. You learn as oh, you yeah. go. That's good. You should write that. I should. Well, you do lots of audiobooks. You yeah. are, I mean, the king. Of well, the yeah, audio self-proclaimed book. king. You yeah, know, it's such an interesting career. I know you get questions about it yeah. all of the time, but tell me what your life as uh, an audiobook giant is really like. Just boring. No, it's not. For other people, it, it is. Can't it be seems boring. so glamorous and sexy. It does. Um, 
I'm when people I have so many people approach me about, hey, how can I be an actor or how can I get into audiobooks? And when I tell them, well, you need to put together a demo reel, you need to be able to sound like you're not just reading, but having a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and more importantly, the most important thing is you need to enjoy spending eight hours of your day isolated in a four by six box. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like your personality <laughs> would enjoy that. And I do. I know. I love that. I joke with my kids that I hate people, you I, know? Yeah. Which which I sort of do a little. I, I don't hate people. I love being with people, but I love being alone. My favorite time is when it's just the five of us. Yeah. Just loving each other, sitting on the couch, watching a movie, laughing or singing together. I would much rather do that than go to a party or dress up for a Halloween thing at a friend's house or something. I love that. So anyway, yeah, going back to that, it's not a glamorous thing, but I do love it. And you do it so well. Do you get to sing sometimes when you no. are doing audio Just licensing, you can't. Oh, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. They don't let you. So And so much so that I've done the rhythm of the song. I'll be w working with a director in my headphones and they'll be in uh, Los Angeles and I'll be in my booth at home. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. So I know the ins and outs and what can and can't be done in an yeah. audiobook. But I do like if it's a popular song that everybody knows, uh, like row, row, row your boat. I'm not going to do row, row, row. Your boat. You know, I'm going to try to find the rhythm. I'm going to be <laughs> right. row, row, row your boat. Yeah. I won't put any music to it. But even then, there have been some directors that say, nope, that's too close. Oh, I'm just yeah, doing the rhythm. Yeah, we're nope, going to get sued. We're going to get sued. And, oh, yeah. I chose row, row, row your boat because it's license free. I you love it. it. Yeah. Well, so now that I have you here, I'm wondering if you'll sing something because like yeah. you just don't get to in your I, booth I by yourself. And so, I'm the bossy so, older sister. You are, so you I are get so to, bossy. to tell you what you're to do. You're a nice bossy though. Like I don't think your I've siblings realize that. I've gotten good at manipulation. <laughs> gotten so good. You don't That's understand. That's what motherhood brings. Totally. Um, well, I the song that just came to my mind, we were just talking about siblings. This is a song that I wrote for my Younger brother. No way. Yeah, and it was when we were really distant uh, on that on those two paths, you know. Yeah. And in this song, I refer to home, um, and it's not a you need to come and be in this on the same path with me. I think home is I, I'm referring to what we had before. Yeah, that feeling. So I'll show. Mm. I'll do a little bit of that. Hiding in our bones 
Let me say I'm sorry for the things that I do. I still love you. You know your way back home is marked by all the people you love. So come back home. This courage I found hasn't pulled its weight in years. You're still waiting for braver days to hide behind. I'm standing, calling you. No. Marked by all the people you love, so come back home. Come back home. Come back. That was amazing. That was beautiful. Oh, that hasn't hit me as much until we started talking oh, about the... I know. You talk about your brother. You do. You want those moments back where we would listen to Dr. Demento, you know. Yes. Stay up late on Sunday nights listening to fish heads, you know. You're describing <laughs> what my brother and I used to do. We used yeah. to do the same thing. And it's, it's not there anymore. And it's like, oh, I want to go back. I want that. Yeah, you, you, I think you always do want that, the, the beauty of your childhood, those good mm-hmm. moments, and mm-hmm. and uh, the way things were, and the camping, and we romanticize it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard. Just life changes and moves yeah. on, and you can't really have that again, exactly the same. But but I there's guess, a pull, there's a draw there's a pull, that we want yeah. it. And I think I pour all of that into my immediate family now. Like yeah, I don't it makes want sense. them to have mm-hmm. to write a song about mm-hmm. not having a relationship with, with each other, you know. Oh no. Yeah. It 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 would kill me if my kids didn't speak to each other or divided into sort of factions or right. if I weren't in the picture, never got together. Right. It wouldn't be okay. It would feel like there was something like basic wrong in the in the universe. Yeah. yeah. And that's again, this is like a therapy session. I was I know, talking I love with it. you, Lisa. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, but that's kind of how it is. And I feel again, as a twelve year old, I feel like it is the factions are them and then me. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. I it's it's my son's birthday coming up and he's gonna be uh, oh, 21, had to think. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're asking him, who do you want to invite? And it's none of my family. It's none oh. of my wife's family. It's the family that we've kind of adopted, um, yeah. our close friend. Um, that That's who he's like, oh, let's invite them. And then yeah. when you're a 21-year-old, you can say, and 
sorry, but I don't, Dad, I don't want to invite any of your siblings. Is that okay? Oh. And then I think, is that because of me? Did have I? And I absolutely, I've projected that on them. But also, when we do get together, it's like, ooh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And now that he's twenty-one, an adult senses that and can see everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly as you parent, which I think they see you in a different way, you know? Do you do that? Like, I I feel like Trish and I, we've done a a semi-good job of being transparent, saying, especially when they were in their teenage years and they were saying, I want to do whatever I want, whenever I want. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to have to tell you where I'm going or when I'm going to be back. Um, I feel like Again, this is because of Trish. I wish it was me. Um, but then I just jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, whatever she says. Um, that it's, okay, I'm faced with a dilemma now, addressing one of our kids. Sure. Um, what would you do if you were the parent here? And that inevitably makes them go, uh, oh. But they still say, well, I would let my kid do whatever. But it does make them think. It does. You know, it gets yeah. them to think, oh, yeah, I need to think logically now. And if this were my kid and they were talking to me like this, what would I want to do? But it, it does reveal too that to your kid that you're willing to listen. Yeah. Like I, you know, for right. I was so parenting for a, such a long time and I thought, you know, they kids need to have a stable, you know, mom and dad who know what to do so that they can feel confident. And then it just kind of all blows up because you don't know what you're doing. And you're, you don't. And you're faced with situations where you really don't know what the answer is. You know what your parents would have said. You know what so-and-so will say on and from this book or this tape. Right. But you right, don't right. know what the right thing is in that moment. And you have to make a decision right then and there. And I mean, for me, it I got to a place where, you know, my husband had passed away. We're dealing with really intense parenting situations. I'm on my own where I just like the other day, this literally happened. My um, 22-year-old was at home. Thank goodness. (laughs) Just like (laughs) hanging out. It is usually never at our house. Um, So it was unusual. And then I had a huge parenting like dilemma with my 17-year-old, basically. And I feel fine sharing all the details. He's like failing all of his classes Mm -hmm. and wanted to go to a party that night. And I was like, how in the world do you think that you failing all these classes because, you know, he had to work on his film, Kirby. Oh. Because this is his, that's real life, not school. And and I was like, listen, this is a non-negotiable, you know, in our house that you have to like graduate. You can't fail. You know, I'm not saying get all A's, but I'm a lot more calm, by the way, because this is child number four than I was with child number one and two. And here child number two is sitting right here enjoying the scene. (laughs) And I was finally, and I had had a long day at work and I was starting to get a headache. And I was like, how can I, what, what can I and, and I got to make a decision right here and there. And so I looked over to child number two, who's twenty two, and said, "Seriously, what should I do here? Like, help me out." And thank goodness. See, that's a beautiful transparency. Yeah, but- and I just let it all go. Like, obviously, the cat's out of the bag. Mom is overwhelmed yeah. and doesn't really know how to navigate this situation. And wouldn't you know it, child number two. Owen was awesome and said, okay, so this is what I think would be reasonable. Because if you if you just say this, then Hugh, the 17-year-old, is just going to 
feel like you didn't listen to him and da 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 da. So give Was him you listening? these. Did yeah, you and listen? You, no, the three of That's us are great. just standing there, That's and I'm great. looking at Owen, and, and and I'm looking at Hugh, and we're trying to like negotiate this. But they were talking back and forth, and I said, "But I want you to learn responsibility so that we don't repeat this because you know this is important." Yeah. Anyway, it got to be a kind of a, a long conversation with, wait, who's this teacher? What is it that, yes, that's right. Okay, what are you going to do for this class? But it was all resolved in like a committee, that's <laughs> which great. I, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, no, I'm going to make the rules. I'm laying it down. Yes. If I show weakness, then it means that yeah. they'll walk all over me and they won't respect me. But having that discussion and finally Hugh relented, we came up with a plan and said, okay, yeah, that's, I am really sorry that I let it get this bad. I do have a plan. This is what I'm going to do. What do you think? And it was resolved. And you loved it. And I loved it, and nobody cried or screamed. Do you hope <laughs> nobody cried or screamed? Do you usually hope I cry. that they come? Yeah. <laughs> Do you hope that they come <laughs> up with that plan themselves someday? Won't that be yes. so great? If he were to have approached you and said, "Hey, yes, FYI, I want to go to this party. Also, I'm failing all my <laughs> classes, but here's my plan that I'm going to." implement on Monday. Yes. You probably still, your hackles would have come up, the hair on your chest and neck would have <laughs> yep. <laughs> would have raised, but you, you would have uh, probably been like, oh, okay. Oh, I like this. It's a much more, I think, reasonable way because I feel like with my older kids, the tighter I got with the rules and like, uh-uh, yeah. we're not doing that. Nope. I don't care. Then they would just sneak around. And, or the they, they wouldn't really share how they really felt. The more they understand the why and that it's... And it's harder and it takes more yeah, time. Yeah. I think they're more likely to buy in. Have any of your kids ever used, dad wouldn't have said this? Not yet. Or your kids are just so good? They're, well, my kids have, and this speaks highly to how Chris the relationship that Chris had with them, they they would never say to me whether they felt it or not, like, well, dad would let me do that or dad was the fun one. I, I'm thinking that all the time, of course, right. in my head. But they would... Which is, I think... They, they would never want to disappoint their dad, so they would never say that. Say that. Because he was so respectful yeah. to me and really ingrained that in him. That oh. was a gift, which is sweet. But I'm always thinking it. I'm always like, well, dad was always fun, but and I've got to be the one that's I've like, be, yeah. but, you know, he, he did parent when he need, you know, in, and I think that's made how the a lot hard of, calls a lot when of he had to. A lot of good dads do that. I think a lot of good dads are the ones that are throwing them up in the air and having fun. But also, they step in when mom's had enough. Mm -hmm. Not that it's all mom parenting. It's a co-thing, but... And he was always really careful about not making me the bad guy because I felt like I was... Because I was at right. home more because right. of the decisions we had made so yeah. together. So I didn't feel like put upon, but but it is so interesting because here we're talking about family relationships and how you have a close relationship with your kids. And, and I want to ask you a little bit about your relationship with your wife too. But it comes from somewhere, from stories, from how we were parented or our relationship with our siblings or, you know, it. And I think talking about this, and that's why I'm so glad that you are so generous with talking about what it's really like, informs all the decisions that we make now. Mm -hmm. And so we can't pretend like they don't. Right. So I, so specifically, you and I have, ha have talked a lot about 
I just love the way, the relationship that you have with your wife. Mm -hmm. You love her so much. And I tease you about it because I'm like all the time. And you're like, no, Lisa, we spend all of our time together. I'm like, like all the time. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, so what's it really like? And, and you are like, it's the best thing in the world. Did you guys have you, has your marriage always been really like easy? Has it been? Oh, never easy. Um, we, have you always been close? I think so. We love, I love spending time. I can't speak for her. That's one thing that I've learned after 25 years of marriage that I can't project <laughs> <Right>. on what <laughs> she's feeling. Just last week, we had a very big argument about uh, something so benign. And it all came back to, I was projecting like, oh, well, I know that you're going to say this. I've got 25 years under my belt of knowing how you're going to react uh -huh. type of stuff. Um, but I think it is at the end of the day. <laughs> I say it all the time too. We love being together. I don't really, we have friends uh, in common that mm -hmm. they've invited me to go out to like, oh, we're going to go to a movie tonight at 10. And I'm thinking, there is nothing <laughs> I don't want to do less or more than hang out with a bunch of dudes when I could be sitting with my feet, my, my wife's feet up on my lap, you know, watching Aww. a dumb movie. Yeah. Um, so I've missed out on friend fun things like that, you know, but there isn't. And I don't know what that is. We, we knew each other in seventh grade and we were in friends in the same friend group through high school. My kids hate this part of the story. I say at the end of our junior year, we started making out. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> um, that's another funny thing. I was talking with my friend Eric that uh, you say to your kids, what would you rather not mom and dad kiss? Yeah. That's a lot worse, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you don't um, even know. But yeah, we just became really close. I think it, it helped that we were friends for so long. Um, and then we've maintained that friendship and it has mm -hmm. been hard. There've been struggles and I've said such mean, hurtful things, which I think. That surprises it, I me. I know that's, that's what I was going to say that people say, oh my goodness, Kirby, you're so nice. You come across as such a nice guy. Yeah. I, I mean, you built a career I, I on built being a, the nice that's guy. That's my brand is being a nice people. guy. And yeah. I feel like for the most part I am, but there are moments where I can channel my mom really well and be angry and mean and spiteful and hold grudges and mm -hmm. um, say exactly what I know will get under somebody's skin. Well, when you're so close, you know what yeah. will hurt. You know where yeah. to And get. it is. It's after a year like 24 that you start <laughs> realizing, oh, my goodness, I'll just step back. It, it, it's the wisdom of my daughter who's now 13. When she was eight or nine, she would see us struggling with our newly minted teenage daughter. Uh, she's 13, 14, mm -hmm. um, who did coin the phrase, this is so awesome. Uh, I'm doing too many tangents. I'll tell this story really quick, and then I'll get to my 13-year-old. Uh, that she's 17 years old, okay. and she comes in, and we go, hey, how, how was your night? We're both in bed sitting up reading, you know, <laughs> just kind of cool. Just like a movie. Just like a movie. <laughs> and uh, she comes in uh, from being gone it's like 1030 because we said, hey, if you don't have plans, do you mind just being home at 1030? And if you do have plans, call us, let us know. And you know, we'll let you stay out. Yeah. But if you don't have plans, just come home because nothing good's going to come from just, you know, she's 17, a senior yeah. in high school. And so she comes in, a cloud and oh, fire no. already around her. Um, and uh, she, we go, oh, hey, what's wrong? It's just, you guys don't ever let me do whatever I want. 
you don't let me do what I want. And then we go, wait, what have we ever said no to? And she said she couldn't give us any examples. And then we go, just please, we want to hear. We feel like we let you do whatever. Yeah. And then you don't let me do something if I don't have a plan. If I don't know what I'm going to do, you don't let me do it. And we go, well, listen, <laughs> listen to that, what you're saying. <laughs> and then uh, so it, she blew up. And the point was she just wants to do whatever she wants, whenever she wants. <laughs> and that was a moment where we both <laughs> held our books up in front of our faces and looked at each other and like tried not to laugh and then pulled them back down and like, oh, okay, all right. And I said, well, guess what? That's life. Yeah. I'm uh, in my mid-40s, and I don't ever get to do whatever I want whenever I want. Do you think I want to have this conversation right now? <laughs> I do not want—I want to be asleep right now. Yeah. So welcome—and anyway, she blew up. So many moments like that that, that are so fun. Um, but the 13-year-old—she's 13 now. When she was 8 or 9, mm-hmm. she came up to us after there was one of those— illogical blow-ups mm-hmm. that I had when I was 13, 14, that you had. Of course. Um, and, and she was so smart. And this is what I'm trying to take into my life now. She said, um, why does, uh, Sadie, why does she, why doesn't she just, when you guys are talking, close her mouth and say, okay. Because <laughs> she says, I disagree with you guys all the time. This is my nine-year-old. I disagree with you guys all the time. And I've learned that I just, if I just go, okay, even if I still disagree with you, um, I'm going to be able to do what I want to do. <laughs> so Wise. beautiful advice. Wise. And she's, Beyond there have been years. moments, even in the past like couple of weeks, that I've seen her boiling up and she just goes, <laughs> okay. And I'm like, oh, good for good, you. Well good played. job. Well played. <laughs> yes. And then she gets to go and do what she wants because she didn't argue illogically, even though her brain is thinking yeah. those illogical thoughts. So I'm trying to take that into my life, Mm. especially in my relationship with my wife. She's not trying to say something mean or angry Mm -hmm. towards me or hurtful. Um, I just, and even if I feel like I'm right, sometimes I need to take that advice of my 13 year old and and just say, okay, and man, things diffuse. It works out. And then you can have a conversation and then... That's when you are able to speak your vulnerabilities and then listen to their vulnerabilities. And have real connection. And have that connection. And that deep connection. Yeah. We do love spending time together. We we eat breakfast together. We exercise every morning together. um, And then I'll go read and then we'll eat lunch together. And I know she's so busy, but she caters her like time around, oh, Kirby's going to be out at 1130 or noon, so... Let's get together. Let's do lunch together um, and dinners. We're, we love being together. She has said, because the choices that we've made it, it have been that she would stay at home and be way busier than I am uh, being a stay-at-home mom. Uh, she has said, you know, now that everybody's in, well, the two older kids are out of the house mm-hmm. and then our youngest will be starting high school. It's She's said, um, I think maybe... Should I get a job? Should I do something? Because everything seems like it's running smoothly. And then my first reaction is, who am I going to eat lunch with? (laughs) You can't get a job because I need you for lunch. I need you for breakfast. And I need you when I come out of the booth at three. Yeah. um, 
to have you there. I need her there. Yeah. Um, and then also, and you mentioned this, you have adult yeah. kids. You're still parenting. Yeah. You still need to be there for them. Yeah. There are still moments that that they'll call you at two o'clock in the afternoon or midnight and say, hey, I've made a decision and I need your help. Can you please yeah. come talk with me? Um, they always need you. Yeah. It's never what you still think. Around? Yeah, they are. Yeah, my and they're they're close. They close were, in proximity yeah, or Yeah, so they were in Nebraska and now they've been here for years and it's nice to have them close. Yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere that the best thing you could do for your father is ask him for advice. Even if it's Oh, that makes me laugh because whenever I'm like, Dad, what do you think? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do I know? It makes. <laughs> and him... I'm always like, no, I really want to know what you think. And he'll think, you'll you'll make the right choice. I don't just laugh. You know, and I, you know, I have to really, I, that's really, really press him. I think it's more like. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a philosopher, though. Do you know oh, what I mean? Like, right, right, what, right. what do any of us know no. anyway? And you're well, like, then you could, here we you go. could couch it in, uh, what would Nietzsche say? No. You but, know what? I you know? actually ought to. He has this P- a PhD in Romance Languages from Duke Ooh. University. Yeah. And which, you know, he loves to tell us about. And so I'm always like, okay, then great. Then give me some advice. And and it, and it really does go it, it boil down to like, what do any of us know about <laughs> anything? Because he's so smart. He just kind of like yeah. has talked Talks himself, himself out, out of, of- it. <laughs> He's read every book, and he's like, well, you know what so-and-so would say? You know what so-and-so would say? And I think, yeah, but what what does Dr. Valentine say? You know, yeah. Like, tell me. <laughs> so it's so funny. and but, but in that is the message, right, of like, it'll be okay. And I tend to overthink and, and stress out and uh, to the point that sometimes making a decision becomes immobilizing. Yeah. And so he's really good about saying, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to so be look fine. At that. That's Which great is, is great yeah. advice because he does have this confidence in his kids of where he'll just look about, you know, around and say, just like, I'm so, you know, I have, I have some really interesting, smart, weirdo children. <laughs> and we just take that as like the, how does the he, biggest compliment. How does he handle, he's got, I only I don't know all of your siblings, but I know two famous ones. Yeah, you and your brother. Um, how does he handle that? Is it just regular? That's funny that you would say that. Like I'm famous, like as my brother who's in Maroon Five. But <laughs> a very thank you. You are. No. You are though. No, it's, you are. He, people. People look at you. People. If people, you go out no. to lunch with your dad, people will come up and ask for a picture with you. I consider that famous. Okay. Right? Well, yeah, I'm just— They may not know that thing. about your brother. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. That's but true. It, you know— How we, does he handle he that? He thinks it's so funny uh, how uh, different our careers are, right? Like how we're all different. Like there's five of us, and he's just like, I'm so proud of my kids. Each yeah. one of my kids, you know, they're do- you guys are all doing amazing things. And and he really means it like all five of us, whether there's, you know, notoriety or not. Or, How old is your dad? He is um, 80 this year. Wow. But you wouldn't know it. <clears throat> and he, you should tell him that when you see yeah, him. Because he him. looks Doc Val. young. Do you, you call know? him Doc Val? No. <laughs> Did James play guitar growing up? Yeah, always. always. So, to yeah. the detriment of his grades? No, or, I mean, there was this incident in eighth grade that, about not turning in papers, but like I always tell my parents, you guys had it so easy, you don't even know. 
<laughs> you don't even know. We were great. We handed in we our were, stuff. We did we, we did well in school. We performed. That was the, you know, expectation of We like, were the puppets that right? performed in school, mom and dad. <laughs> totally. And we knew the drill and we did it. You know, so it, it's 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 interesting because like going back to our earlier conversation, you know, the way that you were raised informs so much of what like your unconscious bias, right, of how you raise your kids. Because when my kids were like, well, you know, have varying levels of of caring about grades, I'd be like, but this is what the Valentine's, yes, you know, yes. this is what you don't understand. And they kind of look at me like, but we're Valentine Clarks. We're our own right, people. And I right. just think, yeah, you got to let them sort of be their own thing. I'm wondering if we have time for one more song. Yeah. When you were talking about your wife and your relationship and stuff, I was just thinking, I wonder if there is a song or something like that that reminds you of her or is particularly meaningful to you guys oh, or your family. Every every song that I write, I write for my wife. Oh, that is so sweet. She inspires me. This The guitar that I have now was made by a luthier. That's a guitar maker. Go um, on. In uh, Orem, Utah, and you can see in the middle of this guitar, this whole guitar is symbolic. Oh, of, great. Uh, di- it's the different woods. This is uh, Bethlehem olive wood around here. I feel like for me, when I write a song, I have to be inspired. And I feel like my faith in uh, God and the Savior and the love for my wife is always at the heart of oh, every wow. song that I write. So my wife, her, her name is Trisha. In high school, when we started dating, I called her um, Trish, and then it turned to T, and then T-Bird, and then just Bird. And so I've called her Bird. Our, our kids growing up know her as either Bert or Bird, depending on how it sounds coming <laughs> out. And so um, when people hear that, they like, wow, it's Bert. So in my phone, it's Bert is calling. Oh. So um, we got to get the right light. But... Um, I have in here at the heart of the guitar. Yeah. Can you, if you angle it at the right way. There's a bird. There's a bird holding, oh. it's a dove holding an olive branch, which symbolizes for me, my wife, and then also the inspiration of the spirit. So when I write a song, wow. the cool thing about that is that every piece of wood, that wood is from a walnut tree that Gordon B. Hinckley planted in his... What? Yeah. So... There are just pieces of wood all over that the luthier was able to grab onto. So, like, this has the symbolism even in the wood. Um, so, yes, every song I write, I wow. think, okay, where do I get the inspiration from? And it's, I always write it for my wife. Um, but there, there, so every song has my wife in it. And I get paid to write music for other people. Little do they know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing this for my wife. I love it. Um, but uh, I would love to sing a song with you. Okay. Can we sing a song? I, if I know the words. Oh, you know it. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Of course. You know. I know. We're together. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is about, um, this is a song that you and I came up with um, on uh, the parenting manual. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're writing a parenting manual. about. Yeah. And uh, it's with our brothers and sisters and how we parent. It's how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything comes together. Everything comes together. Your siblings, how you were parented. Mm -hmm. And uh, so why don't you just 
I'll refresh your memory yeah. with the... Yeah, with the melody. Mm-hmm. Soak us a little something like this. Listening on a Saturday night to Dr. Demento. <laughs> Roly-poly fish heads. Name them one by one. Running through the neighborhood with no clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing and having fun. Cause it's all coming together. Yes, it's all coming together. You remember that song? I remember that song. We're going to take that on the road. we're opening our book. And that, that's exactly how it is. It does all come together. <laughs> Life, relationships. It really does. Take the time, be breathe, don't judge, and let it all just come together. I'm going to take that advice of your dad of, um, hey, it'll all work out. It'll all work out. And doesn't it, though? Here's the thing. It does. And if it doesn't seem like it is... It's because it's you're in the middle of the you're story. In the middle of it. It's yeah. not. It's not. Give it a little bit of time. I think it doesn't matter how hard. Don't get stuck the, in a moment. That's something that I find myself saying to myself and to my kids all the time when they get really upset, or even my siblings. Right? Like, like, oh, all this is happening, and what am I going to do about this one thing? And I just think, just get through it. It just don't get stuck. Because it all coming together. It's coming together. That's right. Lisa, I love you so much. (laughs) I love you, Kirby. Thank you for being here. Thank you. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show was produced by Lisa Valentine Clark, Richie T. Stedman, and McKay Menden, with music and sound design by Katie Johnson and Sam Clausen. I want to give a special thanks to Kirby Hayborn for being here today, the actor, musician, award-winning audiobook voiceover artist. You can see more of Kirby Hayborn as he helps people traveling across America to help remarkable nonprofit organizations in the TV show Making Good, which you can stream for free on the BYU TV app. Next week on the show... And I think right now, because of everything that everyone has gone through with COVID, maybe people are putting a lot of pressure on travel. You know, the next big trip, because we haven't had a family vacation in two years or one year. This is my kid's first trip, or this is the first time that we've gotten on a plane since all these things have happened. Something is going to go wrong, no matter how well you have planned your trip. That's next week on The Lisa Show. 